what an amazing, amazing moment in history right there that changed the word empty, right? Changed the very duplicitous word empty. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a second, but I want to make God's intention just ring true to you today, and it is in John 3, 16 and 17. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son to the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. He is a savior. He did not come to condemn the world. God didn't send a judge that was going to be brutal. He sent a savior. And not only a savior, John 10.10 10 says, the thief comes only to still kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Full life. Peace of mind. That's what God has for us today. If you're empty today, if you're in one of those first scenarios and you're just sensing, man, I need a recharge Jesus has risen so you could be recharged today, so that you can have life. The grave is empty, and he's promising you full life and peace of mind through faith in Jesus. Today we celebrate the cross and the resurrection three days later. And uh, what a powerful video, right, that shows the duplicity, an example of the duplicity of words like empty. It means one thing if you're empty emotionally and, and just feeling drained and, and anxious, and, but it does mean another thing for the tomb to be empty. And that means we have a promise of life and eternal life and hope. And in this series, Unbelieve, which we're on the second week of today, uh, but don't worry, it stands on its own. Uh, in this series, here's the thought. The thought of unbelief is it's a word that can be both positive and negative, right? How was that lentil soup? Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, it, you could interpret that in two different ways, right? And uh, how, how does this look on me? Unbelievable. You got to be careful there, guys, right? Right? You can't. How does this make my legs look? Balanced with your arms? I don't know. How do you reply to that? I still haven't figured it out. Pray for our home. But uh, God's forgiveness, love, and life found through a relationship with Jesus, unbelievable. And though it may be unbelievable for you, depending on what your experience has been with church, with the gospel, with the life and love of a Savior, and today we get to wrestle with that tension. We get to wrestle with the factors of unbelievability, even in the resurrection story. And at the end of that video, you saw Mary Magdalene run in and tell Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus that was closest to him, and John, that Jesus had risen. And we're going to focus on the story of the resurrection through John 20. Uh, John's the writer. He focuses on Jesus' love. And he refers to himself in third person all the time. He calls himself the one Jesus loved. You can find humor in it here in a second. But let's start at John 20, verses 1 through 13. It says, early on Sunday morning, 
While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. And she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter. Isn't that a good way of not boasting? Like he's writing about himself there. You know, not to say anything, but the other disciple did beat the, Peter to the tomb. Just saying. I just think that is, that is kind of funny that they took off running and, and he beat him. Okay, anyway, where was I? Uh, so they, you know, I, I do, I just lost my place because I thought that was so funny. Uh, finally, Simon Peter arrived. We'll just go to, uh, uh, wow, I was really, I really got distracted there. Okay, first to the tomb. He stopped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. And verse 6 says, then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. Maybe he just wanted to say, I got further faster, right? I went all the way in. That's not the case. Listen to this. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, and while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first, just a reminder, also went in and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scripture that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Right? Like instant light on. Whoa. That's what we're seeing here. Then they went home. The next segment says Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she went, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. See, Mary had yet to have that light click on, right? Mary had yet to land at a place of understanding and belief like Peter and John. Maybe she should have gone in with both feet and jumped into that empty tomb, but she stayed outside. One of the Gospels, all of them record this moment, right? One of them says this is how it played out with the angels. Luke 24, 6 says, he isn't here. This is the angel speaking. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again the third day? So the angels kind of help her out. We'll continue in verse 14 of John 20. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. Imagine having your name called by Jesus, the risen Savior that you just didn't recognize. Her spirit must have just leapt, right? And she turned to him and cried out, 
Rabbanai, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. There's a lot going on there. We have a ton of perspectives in this story already and more to come. Our big idea today is the resurrection of Jesus is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And that can, again, mean a couple different things for all of us. It's important to know this. That the death and resurrection of Jesus happened in time and space. It's easy to read the Bible, the scripture, and, and go, oh, that's a nice story. But it's historical fact. Jesus died on the cross and his grave was empty. It's as historical of a fact as any part of history that leaves a tension for you to process. Things that maybe you're not happy about or proud of. It's as historical as the Holocaust. It's as historical as, uh, as civil war. It's as historical as a historical church burning down this week in Notre Dame. And just looking at that and just going, wow, I never went. I'm kind of bummed. That's a piece of history I'll never see in person the way it was originally constructed. And you just go, what does that mean to me? Why was I emotionally impacted by that at all? Why are we emotionally impacted by the, raisin, the risen Savior? And why do we think the way we do about it? And what should we do with that information? What have we done with that information? We need to manage and process those tensions today. The disciples oftentimes are accused, uh, and the religious people, that followed Jesus are accused of setting all this up. Maybe you've heard that before, right? Oh, this, it was rigged, right? Uh, they just, they were waiting. And you can read throughout all of the records of this moment in the Gospels and see that that would be nearly impossible. It was guarded by a ton of soldiers. You know, the stone that was rolled uh, in front of that tomb alone would have been impossible for like a large group of men to roll away. And people's lives were, were taken because they allowed that stone to be rolled away by an angel. So there's all kinds of part of the story we're not reading today, but this, this happened. Well, one of the cool things that I think that jumped out to me this year, it's like every time you read it, this story, something jumps out. But the thing that jumped out to me that is unbelievable is the fact that the first witnesses to this moment were women. If they were going to rig this, they would not have had their key testimony, women in this day and age, because their testimony would not have held any water. And as we begin to unpack this, you're going to see just how important their role is in this scene. It's beautiful and it's incredible. 
And that's why I love scripture, because it gives us the good, the bad, and the ugly, doesn't it? It's like, it doesn't hold back. It's just like, this is what happened. This is how it happened. We're not going to try to mask over that so you believe, you know. It's just real and authentic. And today we're going to look at the perspectives around this story. And the first perspective we're going to look at is that of Peter and John. God loves us each, right? It says God so loved the world that he demonstrated his love through having multiple perspectives on scene around the resurrection so that we could connect with one and understand it a little better, right? So the perspective of Peter and John, Peter and John, to Peter and John, the resurrection was unbelievable. Like, Where is the body? I don't believe this. They did not understand that Jesus was going to raise from the dead. They had envisioned an earthly rule of a king of the Jews, right? This this Jesus that was going to come, the Son of God, and their, their Savior. And so when he actually died on the cross and was put in that tomb, they thought everything was over. John refers to himself again in third person, the one whom Jesus loved throughout his book, which is, you know, The one made it there first, which just throws me off because it's so funny. But they had put their faith in Jesus as as an earthly ruler. And all of a sudden, he's in a grave. And then he's missing? What kind of conspiracy is this? Peter had an interesting scenario he just came out of because Jesus said he was going to turn on him right before he was crucified. And Peter did. He denied that he knew Jesus three times. And so he's living in guilt. John's living in wonder. They're in this space where they just don't get how they got to where they're at. They're questioning it. And Mary runs in. Early, dusk, it's not yet light out. And she gives them the news, the body's missing. Oh, is this so they crucify him and they take the body? We don't know the attitude they were running there in, right? Why I'm going to find him? I'm going to, you know, you don't read that there. Peter did try to cut a soldier's ear off just days earlier, right? So it's like, who knows the spirit they're running there in? And Peter, true to character, runs all the way in. He goes in with both feet, right? Full commit. And sees the cloth and something about that moment awakens his faith and he remembers scripture in that he was in what he taught i'm going to rise again three days later right that's the moment that they're staring at here that is so unbelievable to, to peter this had to be incredibly convicting because there was a moment in peter's walk with jesus where jesus came out to them on a boat on the water walking on the water just Imagine with me, I know that your weird meter might go, yeah, he did. <laughs> I believe it. You know, but, but they're in a boat, there's wind, there's waves, Jesus is walking, and, and Peter's like, is that Jesus or a ghost, right? If it's Jesus, tell me to come to you on the water. And he's like, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked a couple steps, and then he looked around at the wind and waves and sank. Jesus saved him in an instant, but he corrected him in that moment saying, you have little faith. I imagine this moment of running in the tomb and seeing the risen Lord and then realizing in that moment that Jesus said he was going to rise from the dead 
And understanding the three days and his three denials, he had to have felt like he was in the water again. Looking up at his Savior and realizing, I failed again. Imagine the gut punch Peter felt. But he believed. He believed. And for, for both of them, there was something important about just not just looking in, but going all in to that grave in order to know that Jesus had risen. What about the perspective of Mary? For Mary, the resurrection was unbelievable. So Peter and John go from unbelief to unbelievable, right? Well, what about Mary? She's the one who initially shows up. She sees the tomb empty, runs back to Peter. Even though he had denied Jesus, runs back to Peter and John and shares this news. And in the midst of grief, she was literally going to mourn with oils. Not like essential oils. Mm, this is so nice. This smells like peppermint. And no. Back then, a little different. Mourning. So she goes there to mourn. And imagine you're going to mourn and the gravestone's gone. You're going to mourn and there's literally an empty spot in the ground where you go to mourn your lost loved one. That's the moment. Who do you run back to? And she ran back to Peter and the one Jesus loved, John, and said, hey, guys, the body's missing. We don't see what happened. Like when did she try to keep up with them? John doesn't say, I beat Peter and left Mary way in the dust. <laughs> he doesn't say that. The one Jesus loved beat Peter and Mary. You know? No, he doesn't say that. We just see that she all of a sudden is there again in this story. And, and the tomb is empty and why would she have even this honor of being the first to see, right? Mary must have made her way back sometime after Peter and John, and she continued mourning now without anyone there, questioning what happened. And first, God shows his love for Mary with an angel, angelic visit in the, in the tomb there. But then he shows up. God shows his love for Mary so boldly that he shows up and reveals himself. And oftentimes there's these encounters with Jesus after his resurrection where people don't initially know that it's Jesus and then he says something and they're like, oh! right? It happened multiple times. But I won't go down that rabbit trail today. And he does that with Mary and she realizes this is not the gardener at all. This is my teacher my Savior. And God just loved me enough to confirm my mourning and questions. And all of a sudden, she discovered, you've risen, right? Man, what an honor. And just think on this, that God sent His Son Took our place on a cross, rose three days later, 
revealed himself first to someone mourning him, a woman in this day. Again, the, the undeniable authenticity of Scripture. A woman, he reveals himself not only to her first, and she's the first one to discover the grave, but he gives her the first message to be communicated about him. She's like the first one given a talk about Jesus. Don't think of yourself, well, I'm, you know, God can't use me. I'm just a woman. No, at all, no, right? I know not many of you think that nowadays, but back then they probably did. And she's given the first message to communicate to the disciples. That's got to be intimidating. Guys, okay, not only did I see the empty tomb, she comes back and her message is, I have seen the Lord. And this is what he wants you to know. What an honor. Not only for her, but for all women, in my theory. God loves you the same today. And I hope you hear him calling your name. I mean, he's calling to you today. Because when he saw her, he didn't just say, ma'am. He said, Mary. I hope you can sense that. Wherever you're coming at, whatever story or perspective you're coming from, that you would hear his name and your unbelief would turn to unbelievable. The story continues. John 20, 19 says, that Sunday evening, so the whole day has passed, right? That Sunday evening, the disciples were, were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. Wow. Wow. Let's look at the perspective of these disciples. This is interesting. For the disciples, the resurrection had to have been unbelievable, especially if they weren't Peter or John or Mary. And Jesus just suddenly shows up. So all that had been spoken during the day, we don't know the words that had been spoken during the course of the day. Jesus suddenly is on scene. So this unbelief and an empty grave turns confusion into a loving expression of present, right? He's risen so that we could have peace of mind. He says, peace be with you twice, so that we could have peace of mind and life to the full. And they were filled with joy in this room. They got that in an instant. You can assume Peter, John, and Mary were there because they weren't mentioned as not being there as uh, we'll read in a second, Thomas was mentioned that he wasn't there. And seeing Jesus personally was such a beautiful expression of love from God. He so loves the world that he knows how you need to experience him. It's really beautiful. And God still shows up in that same personal way today. That maybe you're in a season of need in a unique form, and somehow Jesus shows up in that moment in our lives. Stories about it all the time. 
Jesus shows up in seasons when we need that gentle awareness that he's alive, he's well, he's present, and he's bringing us true life and peace of mind. So the disciples see the resurrected Jesus and are filled with joy, but one is not there, Thomas. Verse 24, one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we've seen the Lord. Just imagine that. Hey, guys, am I late? Right? Hey, what are you guys doing? Uh, am I late? I don't know what his voice sounded like, but... Maybe we can imagine he just sucked helium. He walks in the room. Hey, guys, you're my late. I don't know. Maybe it was humorous. I think God uses more humor than we realize. But moving in, that's why I read it. He runs in, and, and, and they're like, hey, you wouldn't believe it. We saw the Lord. I hope they weren't boasting. I doubt they were because they're in this posture of humility. They weren't like, hey, <laughs> you know what we did? We saw the Lord. No biggie. No, no big deal. You just sit back, you know, and you missed it. He replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them. Ooh. You really want to do that, right? And place my hand into the wound of his side. I wonder what they looked at him like when he said that. Seriously? You want to? You want to do that to somebody? What are you, the Terminator? Right? It's just like, I am Bach. Anyway, eight days later, read this correctly. Verse 26, eight days later, the disciples were together again. This time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Seriously? And look at my hands. Put your hand into my wound, in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. And I imagine that was tear filled. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. That's you and me, right? It continues the purpose of this book. The disciples saw Jesus uh, do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. So the perspective of Thomas here, for Thomas the resurrection was, was, had to have been unbelievable. And he suffered through eight days thinking, I really missed it. Why was I late? Eight days later. I can't imagine the pain of those eight days. I can't imagine what he was praying during those eight days. The story he was sharing those eight days. Imagine the fear that a moment came and went and he missed it. But just like God does, he loves each one of us so much and knows how, what and what, how and what we need that he 
shows up and calls Thomas out. He first tells him, peace be with you. And Thomas, give me your finger and your hand. It's go time, right? Unbelievable. And his doubt went from unbelief to unbelievable in that moment. It was worth the wait. And potentially, that time had to have brought his faith to a place where it was so rich and ready to receive. It meant so much more to him, I would imagine. And again, the challenge for us in this is don't be faithless any longer because Jesus just simply said, don't be faithless, believe. 1 Corinthians 15.3 says it this way. This is Paul, the apostle, writing, and he says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, the things we do wrong, right? And just as the scripture said, he was buried, he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as scripture said, he was seen by Peter and the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 followers. I don't have time to share each one of their perspectives today. At one time he was seen by them, and most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him, Paul says. So what's your perspective today? Paul's was like, man, I must Somehow I still had my encounter with him as if I were born at the wrong time. Maybe at some, maybe some place, shape, or form, it's unbelievable to you. This story. How do you move from unbelief to unbelievable? How do we get there to a place of joy and awe? full life and peace of mind. God is just as patient with us as he was with Thomas, as he was with his followers surrounding the resurrection. And he says, don't be faithless any longer, believe. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. God is still loving us with patient revelation in each of our own like timing and way. And at the right moment, he's going to walk into our life and our scenario and say, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Have fresh life. Life to the full. Maybe you feel like you're in the garden weeping or maybe you're staring into the empty grave, or maybe you're at a place in your life where you're in the midst of the eight days of, of just, you just doubt, and quietness, and you're confused. Or maybe today is the day you're just going, wow, why is this making sense? Peace be with you. He has been waiting for this day. More than 500 people saw Jesus after his resurrection, but how many tens and millions have not seen Jesus, but had faith and believed and their life is transformed. Romans 2.4 says, don't you see how wonderful, kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to, to, to turn you from your sin? 
God's so tolerant and patient with us, and today he's brought us here so we can hear and see and believe in his love for us, that he so loved us, he sent his son for us, so we could have life to the full and peace of mind. So how do we personally experience unbelievable instead of the fact that it's unbelievable? Today's step, every week we kind of have an action step or a challenge, and today's step is, is simple but yet stretching for some. And it's to believe in Jesus. For some, that might feel like running into an empty grave. And that was a big deal that they ran into an empty grave because in their day, that meant they were going to be unclean religiously in within their community. That was no bueno. So you look at this and go, they were unclean. Like this was a big, like they were being bold. What would bold look like? Like how do you believe? Romans 10, 9 spells out how we believe. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You simply have to put your faith in Jesus as your Savior. So step one, confess Jesus is Lord. Around here and on the back of your connect card, we say it this way, choose to follow Jesus. And the second is believe he raised from the dead. That's the next step, right? Believe he raised from the dead, which we should. That's the tension we have to deal with today. And then step three, experience true life and peace of mind. It's like, ah, yes, this is what it feels like. I remember the day I believed and I walked out of the Colosseum I gave my life to the Lord at and everything was greener and the skies were bluer. I was in Utah. There's nothing green there at the time. You know, I'm like, grass is green. Dude, it's brown. You know, it was just weird. But I did that. And, you know, that peace be with you. I walked out with this fresh life to the full and finally grow that relationship. Come back next week. Grow your relationship with Jesus. Allow it to just become richer and richer and richer because like a plant, we need to water our faith so it'll grow. Can I pray for you today to take this step to believe in Jesus? And for those of you who already believe, send those roots deeper today in a conviction. Jesus is risen. He is Lord. He's come to bring me life and peace. God, we thank you for this day we have together. Easter to celebrate the gospel, the good news that you have come, that you have taken our sins upon you on the cross and you rose three days later. You showed yourself to so many in so variously unique ways. And now today you've shown up to us, not those who can see you, but those who can put our faith in you off of your testimony of the followers and the moment around it. And we just think this is incredible. And God, I pray right now for every individual that's made it out to celebrate you today and open their hearts up to you today. And if there's anybody here that is yet to make that decision to cross that line of faith and say, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in you. I believe you rose from the grave. I confess Jesus is Lord today that I may be saved. If that's you today and you've yet to say that, we want to pray with you. If you're ready to say, Jesus is Lord, will you raise your hand right where you're at? Because we want to know who we're praying with. I want to say it today. Jesus is Lord. Let that percolate for a second. The worship team is going to sing in a moment when I conclude this prayer.
And during it, I want you to consider what is my response to these? What perspective am I in? Where am I at in this story? God, for those who say today, I want to believe, and they check that, I choose to follow Jesus' box. I pray, God, for them today. That today will be just the beginning of an incredible life journey. The same as it was for all those who saw Jesus in this day that we read about in John 20. God, I pray for those who've been following you, who know you. They're here today to celebrate the risen Lord. The tomb is empty. Empty to them means hope today and life eternal. And it means an embrace of your love. God so loved the world. He did this for me. We worship you then and now. And as we stand together and worship right now, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would just wash over us with a deep conviction of hope, life, and peace that we may go out from here a fresh life, a fresh person with a renewed encounter with you in your name we pray, the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with us as we worship the Lord and root our conviction in what he has done for us today?